Ho, ho, ho. Hello, hello. Check, check, one, two. Christmas, Christmas, Santa, baby. <laughs> Should no? I also say something? Yeah. Just to make sure my levels yes, are good. Yes, very important. You say, say the same like thing. Christmas, Christmas, Santa, baby. Christmas, Christmas, Santa, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Autistics and Friends. Hello. I'm autistic. And I'm friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Erica. And my name is Frida. And this is our fourth episode. Is it the fourth? Yes. Oh. But, um, That's how well I keep track of things. It has been a hot minute since it's we It's been a while. I don't even know. Do you know when, the last, when we posted our last episode? I think it was July. July. Oh my god. And now it's December. So. Yeah. Yikes. But we have <laughs> good reasons. We do. We do, actually. So in this episode, we are going to talk about change. Yes, because we've had a lot yes. of it. <laughs> and change is something that is frequently difficult for uh, neurodivergent people. Yeah, and we kind of want to go into just like our experience as well as what we know in general about it. And this whole last few months have been, a, you know, been changed. And so we've really gotten to experience that big time. And if you hear a very soft snoring in the background, that's our dog, Otis. And don't let it lull you to sleep. But it's probably... <laughs> Try not to, at least. To me, it is cute. It's adorable. Why yeah. is it that when dogs snore, it is cute? And when Just humans snore, it in is general. not cute. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, even when humans breathe, it's kind of disgusting. Yeah, I definitely don't enjoy that at all. But then any animal breathing snoring anything like I'll that i'll put my ear up to it mm-hmm. like snore right in my ear breathe right in my ear yeah but then i take forever to edit any podcast because i have to edit out any sound of human breathing <laughs> because it I is feel like disgusting to me maybe it's related to misophonia because i definitely Absolutely. have that with yeah because i have that big time with you probably heard that um with food and stuff but I think if I can hear my mouth make a sound that wasn't like intentional, you know, it's like like a little smacking sound or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so I feel upset you. about it. It hurts my body. But then any <laughs> noise that comes out of Otis's mouth, it's adorable. I'm like, and I want you more of it. So cute. Do that closer to me. You know. Yeah. No. My um, our other dog Oliver always sleeps face to face with me, and He's his snores so loud and so cute. It's so it puts me to sleep honestly which is it's true it's yeah, true it's the best yeah um i have a twin bed now i, I downsize downsize from a king bed to a twin mm-hmm. which has been a little tough but yeah. the upside is now my dog who is 75 pounds he has no choice but to spoon with me he's a small I'm human. big spoon mm-hmm. he's a little spoon and that shit puts me right to sleep yeah yeah it's so relaxing he wouldn't let me do that when we had a king bed Mm -mm. but now he knows he has no other choice and so he's like okay yeah spoon me i'm like you bet yeah which (laughs) kind of goes perfectly into our topic yeah because why 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 would any adult why would you downsize yeah so we moved we used to live in los angeles california now we're coming to you from sunny austin texas baby it's not sunny right now because it is 10 p.m yeah. And yeah, actually it's cold. Yeah. But I always like saying sunny to describe wherever I it live. It is sunny though. Sunny too. Most of the time. So yeah. You're yeah. not wrong. Yeah. But yeah, we um in at the end of August our lease was up in Los Angeles and 
we were looking at options because we did want to kind of get out of the city um because honestly it was a bummer to pay la prices during the quarantine yeah and you can't leave your small cramped la apartment yeah and because when you're paying la prices you're paying for like to live in the city you're paying for all the exactly. things that are there and then you can't do any of the things you're that just are there. stuck in your apartment and it is a bummer yeah and, and I think Frida started to get annoyed of me. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But Erica does have family in Texas. And um, as many of you know, Texas is a lot um, less expensive than California. So um, I've personally never lived anywhere besides California since I moved here from Sweden. And I'd never lived anywhere besides there as an adult. Yeah. So it was, so, it was a big move. Yeah. It was. and But it felt right. And it felt like the time to try something new. And so we we just we went for it. Honestly, how it happened. So I have mentioned on the podcast before. I was very very sick this summer, like deathly ill for months. Yeah. And then my brother invited me to come visit him in Austin, and so I just thought I was going to come visit. But then I was feeling so much better being here, which I do think had something to do with the fact that our old house, our our place in LA, it was just like full of mold and it was there was just things there that were making it hard to freaking breathe and exist in yeah even just the air quality honestly it's true the la air quality it's not great no not actually it's bad pretty bad it's full of pollution and pollution actually is not good for you (laughs) turns turns out out. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then i was getting so much better in austin it was like obvious to everyone Mm -hmm. and it just got to a point where my brother was straight up he was like i know like you're an adult and i cannot tell you what to do but i really really do not think you should go back to la i think it would be a really bad idea and I am asking you to stay here. Yeah. And he even said, like, I would like for you to live here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because we've always really, like, had a good time with her brother and his, his girlfriend. And we've come to visit. And it's been really fun. And Austin's been great. I didn't um, know if he would want me, like, moving to his city, though. You know, felt That's the thing. Like, I didn't know if he was down yeah. because that does change things and, like, I don't yeah, know. Do you want your big sister, like, moving to your city and be like, let's hang out all the time, you know? Yeah. Most brothers would probably say no, but also, I'm cool and awesome. And you guys are close. Yeah, like, no. And he's awesome, so. Yeah, he is awesome. And Austin is definitely one of the few cities that I, A, had visited and also knew enough about to know that it was still... I guess similar to LA in terms of like it's a liberal city there's a lot of young people there's a lot to do it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere um, it is also like central for people who have fled LA a hundred percent yeah there are so many LA transplants right now yeah a ton I think Austin is kind of what LA was supposed to be and then we moved to LA and found out actually this is a capitalist hellhole mm-hmm. and you can't get uh, any kind of even like sustainable life here unless you already started out rich <laughs> yeah and la ha- i feel like has been a hub for entertainment for so long that you know prices have just gone up and up and up and austin is still kind of new you yeah. know and so cost of living here is way lower and you still like unless you're in entertainment you want to like pursue acting full-time or maybe you already you know you're in it then 
paying LA prices and living there is not always worth it. And at least for me, like I do marketing, I don't need to be in LA. Obviously, I had a great time there for six years and it, I love that city, but I also wanted to try something new. So how it happened really is, so I came to visit, you know, and after he had asked me not to go home and I had also thought like it would probably be a bad idea. So I didn't know that I would ever like really feel healthy again and feel yeah. like myself again. And then I did. And so I didn't want to lose that. And um, luckily the people who love me also didn't want me to lose and that. And they could really see a major change in you just from yeah the, like two weeks or whatever yeah. that you were visiting. I mean, it was visiting. huge. Yeah. Um, so I just never went back to LA. Like yeah. I literally, I left I don't to remember. go on vacation. Yeah. And Do you remember I when not, you left? I left at the end of July. July. Yeah. Yeah. It was like July 20th or 23rd or something. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, gu- goodbye to my house and thought I'd be back in like two weeks. Yeah. And then we just kept putting off when I'd come back. And then finally I just decided not to. Yeah. And for me, I think if I had had to make the decision mm-hmm. to leave while I was in LA and if I had had to do the thing of like telling everyone I was moving and yeah. like even having a goodbye party I don't think I ever would have fucking done it I don't think I could have yeah it was hard I'm not gonna lie like it was difficult but I also felt like it was the right choice especially being here now mm-hmm. we have felt very much like yes yeah this was because right I was still in LA the whole time this was happening yeah, so I'm going to brag on Frida for a moment because <laughs> she, she is a champ. She is probably the coolest person who's ever lived, and that's my opinion, but mm. I also think Subjective. it is backed up by a fair amount of evidence. Um, so she packed up our whole fucking place, mm-hmm. and she drove down in multiple uh, shifts. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, drove our cars down and our animals and our stuff except for the stuff that she sold mm-hmm. and like she made this happen and mm-hmm. i just stayed here and well you helped with an, with anything i needed like logistically like if i needed help booking something figuring something out but if like our roles had been changed and i had been in la <laughs> and it had been up to me yeah. Yeah. to pack everything and move everything i don't i wouldn't have been able to do it Sure. To be fair, you were also very sick. Yeah, so that is true. You were physically very weak. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy. Like, I had, I don't know how many mental breakdowns doing it. But <laughs> um, I had the support of our friends there and Erica's entire family. And, like, everyone was super helpful. Yeah, we were lucky. A lot of people stepped up to help us a lot. They really did. Yeah, even if they were just, like, you know, my emotional support. Um, but... That's mostly, that's when I, yeah, I'm like, I can offer that, even if yeah. my muscles Which a lot of are people, weak and my joints hurt, I'm like, but my heart is here for you. Yeah, and <laughs> multiple people did, and that is really, usually that is what I need. Like, I can handle most things physically, but emotionally I need more support. It's actually really great for me, because um, for a long time I tried to help with, like, cleaning the house and stuff, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to be helpful. Yeah. I'm bad at cleaning, and I don't like it. And then eventually, Frida was like, honestly, 
you do it wrong. And um, <laughs> when OCD. you do it, then I have to just go do it again. It just takes longer. I would prefer if you would just follow me around the house while I clean and you just talk to me while I do it. And I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. It is my time to shine. Absolutely. That I can freaking handle. Yes. Yeah. Which is what I need. So yeah. it works out. But yeah, so I packed up all of our stuff. Um, Erica has a car. I have a car. Um, so I had to do multiple trips. Um, that is a 2,000 mile drive, baby. 1,300. Okay. Yes. But it's I two days. may have rounded up more than you're supposed to. Uh-huh. But it's two days of driving, <laughs> really. And I was driving with dogs and cats, so I needed to stop more often and take breaks. And I um, spent the night in New Mexico. Um, and it just took a little longer because they need breaks. But you fucking did But I did it. Shit. Yeah. So now we live in Austin. Yeah. We do. And And it's great. (laughs) It is better. Yeah, we've got I have not had trouble breathing now for like five months. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know know how amazing it is to breathe? Just breathe. (laughs) Like breathe the way your lungs are intended to breathe. Oh my God. If you can't breathe very well, you should you should And you're in a big city. Just get get out. Yeah. You gotta try breathing again. I don't know what the like what the scale is called or whatever but if you look at like air quality and i think it's just like the air quality index or something it is but i don't know like is it like a percentage is it like Uh a points thing i don't know i don't know but basically there's a scale of like how unhealthy is the air around you and la was at like 120 ish or around 100 where we lived and that's like considered unhealthy um and austin's like or like we're slightly outside of Austin, but it's like 30, yeah. which is very good air quality. And I honestly had no idea that it would make such a huge difference, but it really has. You can feel the fucking difference. Yeah, you really can. Well, it's just crazy. We had lived in bad air quality for so long that mm-hmm. we didn't know how much it was affecting us. Oh, yeah, no It's clue. like you don't know how much you can't breathe until you can breathe. Yeah, and I think I just didn't notice the difference because like – I moved straight from Sweden to L.A., and there was obviously a lot of other things going on, so I don't think I noticed it that much moving to L.A. It's because you met me, and I'm so fun. I just distracted <laughs> you from how little you could breathe. You know, the culture shock, I feel like. Okay, yeah, sure. Played that, a major you could say part. that, too. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't really notice it, but leaving it now, I'm like, holy shit, this is... It's a game changer, for sure. And also, like, yeah, cost of living is um less here so like we have a house we have a yard we have all these things that we didn't have before and it makes life so much better it's kind of wild when you realize so i could always see this with like people who live in new york city yeah where they struggle so much just to live there yeah and i didn't get it i was like why do you want to live somewhere that is trying to kill you Mm -hmm. and trying to destroy your life like Mm -hmm. you could just live somewhere that's easier yeah but then it turns out that LA is also like that. I really didn't feel like it was, but yeah, now being out of it, I'm like, it's pretty close to like what New York is. Like New York is way more crowded, I would say, but LA is not that far away from and it that. It is like, really fucking expensive. It is. Yeah. Because like we were so poor most of the time we lived in LA. Yeah. And to realize that like we actually can be less poor than that mm-hmm. and like for <laughs> la we had like a decent place i would say like we had 
we had a two bedroom apartment, but still we had like a yard. Because we did have a yard, yeah. yeah and that yeah. is rare. But, we moved to the valley. You have to move to the valley to yeah. get a yard unless you have like a million dollars. Yeah. But then we moved to Texas and now we have a house that was built this year. Bigger yard. And a big yard. It's true, yeah. The, to finally live in a place that doesn't have mold in every <laughs> nook and cranny. Turns out pretty good. It's the first time in a decade mm-hmm. I have not been constantly assaulted by That's wild. mold. Yeah. Which is, it's weird because like not everyone believes mm-hmm. that like mold can like cause disease and affect people. But so many people have been affected by it. Mm-hmm. And also, it, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you live in a place where you can literally see the, like, black oh, we could see dots in, in your walls yeah. and it's all in your pipes and stuff, like, why wouldn't that be affecting you? You're breathing that in, yeah. Yeah. But to the point of all of this is we had a lot of change in yeah. the last few months. Basically, everything has changed. Yeah. And I will speak for myself, but I had, like... On the outside, I don't think it like it was that much of a struggle to most people, but mentally, change is always a struggle for me. And I didn't feel like, and I still am struggling with it, but it's getting better. I did never, I didn't feel like creating anything. Like I didn't feel like recording a podcast. I didn't feel like taking pictures or making videos. Nothing, because it was like everything was overwhelming. Just. Honestly, I feel like it has been only the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. where we have both started to feel really settled enough here. Yeah, definitely. And like ourselves enough yeah. to do things beyond just survival. Yes. And we moved here in September. So September, October, November. It's really been almost three, four months Yeah. So one of the kind of stereotypes or like typical um descriptions of autistic people and neurodivergent people is that we have a problem with change we're not good with change yeah and this is actually something i didn't really understand um for a long time and i didn't see how it related to myself yeah same um because i felt like oh i'm good with change I did too, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because also, I change a lot as a person. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've known me for six years now, and I've changed a lot in many ways. Yeah. Um, But you actually helped me understand this, because Mm -hmm. it is the difference between intentional change that you choose and decide to implement versus unannounced change that just happens to you. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it's basically planned change versus change. Yeah, and, like, if you got to decide how the change is happening, what yeah, change like you're making. Yeah, like, step by step. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I remember <laughs> there are so many things about myself that, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't really see or understand. Mm-hmm. And then Frida would be like, well, you're like this. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You have just been understanding me for years. And I haven't. <laughs> but I remember when you said that anytime like, a plan will change, or even if you want to go do something, yeah, you need to give me 20 minutes heads up. Because yes. I need about 20 minutes to, like, adjust mentally 
to yeah. what we're going to be doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is true. Yeah. Like, and if there's a change in, like, the address that we're going to or maybe, you know, we're going out to this one bar or restaurant and that changes because our friends change their minds, then it takes about 20 minutes for her to mentally catch up and be fine with that change. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of neurotypical people don't really understand what that's about. Yeah. And they see it as just like this... uh, Honestly, I don't really know what they see it about, but I think they just feel like we are inflexible and can't see well to them it's like a it's not a problem to like they can't see why changes this one little detail would be a problem and yeah it's not really about that like to such a like specific like detail it's more about bigger picture change and like i think that's exactly it because they can't see how they can't see the butterfly effect yeah they can't see how one little change then affects a bunch of things exactly and they don't know that we have like planned out a whole bunch of things contingent on our understanding of what was going to happen and then if one thing changes that changes things yeah so like for me if we change to something where now we're going to be outside more than I thought we were going to be. Yeah. I need different clothes than what I'm wearing. You would, yeah. I'm going to need a jacket. Yeah. We're going to be gone longer than I thought. I'm going to need a snack. Exactly. And I don't have that because I thought we were going to be so in planned it. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I, they're just not thinking about all those things. Yeah. I mean, to them, it's also <laughs> not a problem if something changes and they then get hungry. They go get something to eat, but maybe you need the specific snack that you had already planned out in your head because like that's certainly what I'm like where I have a mental like plan in my head of like what's gonna happen almost step by step and if that changes because it's a new location then I don't know like where I can go get a snack I don't know you know what the what or like even like what I'm gonna need if I'm staying outside for another two hours instead of Mm -hmm. inside you know like I didn't really think that through beforehand, so it's hard to do it in the moment. I wonder, too, this is probably an unknowable question, Mm. but, like, how much of that is based in us existing in a society that wasn't built for us? Mm -hmm. So we have to make all of these plans so that we will be able to function in this world that isn't ours. Yes. So we'll be able to hang out and be on other people's like schedule and meet their expectations yeah and as long as you have it planned out yeah yeah so like we know okay i need food or rest or whatever Mm -hmm. like this often Mm -hmm. and i know that um this food like i can digest well and makes me feel feel fine. fine yeah and so if I eat something else, like, I might get a stomach ache and I'll feel bad and I won't want to hang out anymore. Yeah. And so we have to, like, plan all that stuff and make an account for that stuff, really for other people's benefit just as much as ours. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe if we lived in a world that had just been all autistic people from the beginning, it was designed by us, like, we wouldn't be have to be so planned out. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for me, it's also a mental block where if I have, for instance, let's say we've decided to leave at four and that changes to 
six. Yeah. Um, I just have a mental block of like, I have a hard time getting past that mentally. It's not even like I have to adjust this or that. Like we're doing the exact same thing just two hours later, but then I can't do anything in those two hours because mentally I'm blocked because I'd already planned on leaving at four. So I'm ready at four. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's because it takes mental preparation mm-hmm. to do the thing you're going to do? So you yeah. have spent like your day exactly. mentally preparing for this thing. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, it's going to happen two hours later. Yeah. So you can't really adjust to doing something else. So you have to stay in this zone of for mental two hours. preparation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you have to keep up the level. It's like if you were about to start a race and you're like squatted down at the starting block and then they're like, now hover there for two Eight. hours. Uh, yeah, that honestly is a good comparison. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, then by the time I'm supposed to leave, I'm already exhausted by just like yeah. waiting for that. And yeah. then I feel bad because I may be grumpy or I'm not excited about going anymore because waiting has made, has changed things. Yeah. I mean, you squat on that starting block for two hours. <laughs> You're exhausted. You yeah. cramps. Yeah. You got to pee. Exactly. You're hungry. Yeah. Maybe you don't even fucking like running anymore. Or even just being annoyed <laughs> that, like, I could have done yes. these other things before I started getting ready. Yes, it's like you would have planned your day completely differently. Yeah. I would have had two more hours to do something else before I started the whole getting ready. Yeah. Um, and I think that just mentally bothers me, too. I don't really understand, like... Why that doesn't happen to neurotypical people? Like, it's fascinating to me because, like, I wish I could just be like, sweet, two hours to work on this other thing uh, while I'm already ready to go. But, like, I can't. Yeah, what are they doing? I mean, that would make me more productive, probably. Like, if I could then sit down for two hours and work or something, like, I don't know. It is because I guess they can just, like, change from one focus to another. Like, quickly. More easily. Yeah. Because, like, if I get in the zone of working, then I'm not going to be happy about getting out of that. So I'm not even going to start it. Yeah. Because, like, they focus more easily, but on also a more surface level. Mm-hmm. So I have um, noticed this with myself, and actually Frida has helped me notice this, is mm-hmm. I don't (laughs) I tend to be like sort of on a different schedule than other people where like I I really don't understand how you're supposed to like you wake up in the morning you're feeling awake Mm -hmm. you're awake all day long being productive all these different things and you're gonna eat and shower and work and talk to friends and exercise i don't know all these fucking things Mm -hmm. and then by the evening now you're getting tired and you're gonna sleep and then you're just gonna do that every day yeah every 24 hours yes and like it doesn't work that way for me on a 24-hour schedule yeah where a lot of times i will be more awake and like in a zone of working for like three days straight yeah and then i will be more tired and i need rest for three days straight yeah but i feel like it's it's like my brain computer has to like warm up and then once it's warmed up and once it's going it's to go. I'm gonna fucking shut that thing off again mm-hmm. it is working so good <laughs> it would be ridiculous to shut it down right now yeah. it's popping the ideas are coming out yeah and I just can't like 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just, it takes more time to warm it up, but then once it's warmed up. It's going. Yeah, it's going, and mm-hmm. it rules. And that is just not how it is for them. It's, it's like, le- everything is less intense. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, obviously, I know you well because we live together and I've seen it up close uh, for the past six years. Um, so it's easy for me to understand it, like, for you, I've just never met anyone else because I've never really lived with anyone else for that long or, like, been yeah. gone that close to anyone. So I'm sure other people have this experience. But it's very easy for me to see that, like, that's just what's natural to you. Like, yeah. that's what feels right. That's how your body, like, works. Which has been very helpful because mm-hmm. when I'm kind of hard on myself, you'll just be like, you have been this way literally the entire time I have known you. Yeah. And this is how you are. Mm-hmm. You will probably always be this way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's not bad. It's just different. Because it does always feel like a person, well, not always, but a lot of times when I forget that, oh, this is just how I am, it will feel like a personal failing in the moment of now it is time where I'm supposed to be tired, but I'm not. So why not? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I will be tired, but it'll probably happen in a couple of fucking days. Yeah. And it's really only when you have to conform to other people's schedule like during the holidays or when you're visiting someone then they're on that schedule and if you're not then they're like silently judging you i mean it is weird that our society has decreed a moral value to just like different times of day that you have energy it's yeah. like, if you have energy in the morning, you're a good person doing yeah. life correctly. If you have energy in the evening, you are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, even what? as someone <laughs> who is on, like, the 24-hour schedule, like, I definitely am because I just, that's it definitely what works for me. more naturally for you than you Yeah, <laughs> but I'm still, an, uh, like, a night owl, and so I can get up in the morning, sure. Will I be pleasant to be around? No, not really. Um, But because of that, I know that people just think less of me because I've seen it, I've heard it, where if I sleep in, then there's a slightly, like, judgy tone in their voice. Yeah. You know, you slept past 10 p.m. or 10 p.m., 10 (laughs) a.m., and you're a bad person all of a sudden. Like, I still stay up those extra hours in the evening so we have the same amount of time in our day but because i choose to shift those hours then i'm a bad person also that like if you stay up late if you're a night owl somehow that is a choice and a bad one Mm -hmm. but if you don't stay up late you get tired at 10 p.m that's not a choice that is a schedule you know yeah because i've even pointed out to other people before like Mm -hmm. okay you don't understand why i can't wake up at 7 a.m and be all peppy at Mm 9 but can you stay up until 5 a.m can you work at 3 a.m if i ask you to like have a meeting with me tonight at 3 a.m can you be there Mm -hmm. no you literally physically can't yeah and it is the exact same Mm -hmm. for me and my schedule yeah but like if you want to have a meeting at 3 a.m., I'm going to be my best self then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really just, like, how society has structured itself and even just industrialism and, like, yeah, you know, having a corporate job or working for 
anyone else, then you're on this like schedule of like, we really haven't convinced that whatever is best for like a factory and your boss and capitalism mm. is best morally and the best way to be a human being. Yeah. When these ideas weren't even really ingrained into society until like a hundred fucking years ago. Like they're exactly. not even that traditional. No. No, not really. It's just so ingrained in us that we believe it because there's plenty of research being done and being tested. Because I know, I think it's Finland. I might be wrong, but Scandinavia at least. They're testing out different like a six-hour workday, a Mm four-hour workday, like just to see like how are people the most productive. And I believe it was Finland that were implementing a six-hour workday um, just because... That People is, got the same amount of shit done. Yeah. There's no difference between the six-hour day and eight-hour day. In terms but in of America, we're done. like, no, you should have to be there two mm. more hours. Even or more. If, yeah, because, like, the... Well, we honestly, we think that, like, being miserable mm. is a moral good. Overworking yourself is definitely praised here to an extent I didn't quite understand until I moved here because if your life is enjoyable you're a bad person (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I see it now because the company that I work for is global so we work with people in Europe and they have way more vacation holidays than we do and all the Americans are like like they're lazy or blah 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 (laughs) and like being in it when I was working in Sweden that is certainly not how it's seen it's like mandatory like you're supposed to take this time off you're supposed to have all these days off it's healthy it's good even just like maternity leave paternity leave all those things are a given and here people like are judging you if you take more than like three weeks off when you have a baby (laughs) we really have and it's wild been brainwashed Mm -hmm. so hard to prioritize the needs of the ruling class yeah all the fucking time and i probably would have been too if i was not born in europe yeah i mean it's it's essentially universal mm-hmm. here unless you have yeah. been taught otherwise yeah or experienced otherwise yeah so how have you felt about all the change in your life lately what has been hard for you and what has felt good and kind of what's been your like journey with it Honestly, I think I've just, like, I, I'm very good at, like, just powering through things, but I can see, like, all this change has affected my creative, like, outlet and um, just, like, doing the things that I love and what I enjoy, because, like, I've been in survival mode for the past few months to, like, get everything here get our house set up do all the things and so i'm like managing but realistically i honestly feel like we've kind of been survival mode for the past like year realistically yes but it kind of like for me because i did all the moving it felt more extreme for the last like few months Um, there was literally so much to do that was yeah physical and hard and and it was overwhelming and took a lot of time yeah yeah so even once i we were fully like moved into our new place in texas it has taken me what three months to mentally land here and like feel like i have the capacity to have fun or 
do things that I enjoy, be creative. Like it's only recently that I felt like I'm capable of doing that because it was like a a wall where you would bring up like, oh, do you want to like take some pictures or record a podcast? And I would just like shut down and be like, nope, can't do that. Like, yeah, it's just a block. But I do, it's changed. Like I have a hard time with change. It takes me a long time to process. I would say when I go through a lot of change, I kind of shut down a little bit um, to survive. And so it takes me quite a while to get out of that. And I'm not totally out of it, but I am a lot better now, you know, three months later. But it's really the first thing that goes is like, creativity and wanting to do things outside of my like my nine to five because I do still work I mean I would say even just like fun Mm -hmm. yeah just having fun because even when I've just been like hey you want to like drink and stay up and chat and you know you haven't really usually been into that like no because I'm already exhausted yeah because I mean also I mean to clarify Frida has still worked full-time this entire time with the same job Mm -hmm. I still work um, corporate job eight hours a day so that it is the only thing that I've been able to do for the past few months really and it's true I do think that it takes you longer to adjust to change a lot for of the sure. time than it does for me mm-hmm. even though like maybe like we were talking about those little changes in like a day-to-day plan I have a harder time adjusting to than you do yeah these bigger changes I will be like, okay, this is my life now. And I even sort of yeah. forget what it was like to live my life before. Yeah. Um, and I know that this is true for especially a lot of ADHD people of like mm-hmm. sort of an object permanence thing yeah. of we don't really like miss what used to be or whatever. We're kind of just always living where we are. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, it's hard for me to understand that you need longer to like process things and adjust to things than I do. Yeah. And a lot of the times I feel like what helps you feel better or move past it is doing other things and, and like jumping into it almost where then you might want to go to a party or you might want to be, you know, recording podcasts together because that helps because that's how we connect. That's how we like feel close um and I just can't like mentally cannot and I do feel bad about it a lot of times so unfortunately sometimes when people are like oh how about you just like go out to this thing meet people do whatever like distract yourself that doesn't always help me because then I also feel on top of it bad Mm -hmm. about not wanting to do it but I also do know that about myself like it just takes me longer to adjust to anything really anything bigger in an interesting way i think this is kind of related to how autistic people will have this conflict with people sometimes where when they will talk about their problems we immediately go into problem solving mode oh yeah yeah because Mm -hmm. that is just how our brains work Mm -hmm. and we are always trying to like solve every problem find the optimal Mm -hmm. solution do the most efficient and effective thing Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily always get that people just want to like express their bad feeling and live in it for a little bit Mm -hmm. and doesn't mean they're gonna live in it forever but like for now that's what they gotta do yeah and like you've been you're really good about communicating like 
I don't need a solution right now. I just need mm-hmm. to talk about this. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> I know I've even like struggled in the past where I'm like, I don't know what to say. And you're like, literally just say that sucks. And I'm like, okay, that yeah. sucks. I mean, I, and that took <laughs> just getting to know each other and learning that about each other. Because, yeah, sometimes I do just want to like wallow in it and be sad for a day or a few hours or whatever it is. And I don't want a solution, but I have also... I know that a lot of times Erica just wants to help, make me feel better, and her way of doing that is finding a solution. And then I've learned, like, it's okay for me to say, like, oh, I don't want a solution, right? I just want you to, like, sit here and listen or just say, like, yeah, that sucks. Let's be sad about it. And I mean, it is an interesting difference in that, like, solutions mm-hmm. are what makes me feel better. Yeah. They are the solution to my anxiety and to mm-hmm. my work is like knowing that I have steps I can take and things I can do mm-hmm. is what like helps me not just have my mind spinning and spinning and mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily true for everybody it's not true for you like solution yeah. if I go into solution mode too quickly that will just stress you out yes but if I just like if I sat in the feeling too long mm-hmm. I at least feel like I will never get out of that feeling. Yeah, it doesn't work for you. But you will get out of that feeling, but you Mm -hmm. have to, like, really process it through, like, going through it. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I'm sad, I'm going to need, you know, four hours to be sad, and you need 15 minutes, and then you need a solution. That's true, yeah. Yeah. I am definitely curious, like, other people's experience, because I have seen both, I guess, in friends and family, but more so i've seen people like you rather than the well, way so you are pretty surrounded yeah. by very <laughs> neurodivergent people and especially because i mean so frida moved to america mm-hmm. and met me two months after living here like one month yeah yeah and then i was like welcome to my life and everyone i know here's my family join us <laughs> yeah and i have only ever really been around autistic and very neurodivergent people yeah and not even really realizing that like it's a reason why it took me so long to even figure out that I was autistic is because I don't hang out with neurotypical people at all I don't interact with them barely ever yeah in your family in your world in your circle you feel very normal because everyone's like you and yeah and we all thought we were normal yeah and I've been the one whispering in my family's ear, like, we're really not. I pr- I'm sorry, but I promise you, actually, <laughs> most people are different. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I know we feel really normal to us, and we are, mm-hmm. but, like, mm, the majority of people are not really like this. Mm-hmm. We just actually don't know them. Because, like, I know even, so, like, my mom will jump into solution mode faster than I do and faster 100%. than I want to. Uh-huh. So I get that. Sometimes she'll be jumping into solution mode where I'm like, honestly, this feeling I'm having, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think is all that important or even really needs a solution and will go away mm-hmm. by like a couple days from now. Yeah. But she's <laughs> going like 100 miles an hour and you're going like 80, you know? Yeah. Like, and 80 is pretty fast, but yeah, it is. is faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom also, she's a superhuman who like... yeah has so much energy and she runs really she bike rides for like 100 miles i don't understand her she's fascinating um 
But I can see how, like, a lot of the time, what she is to me, I am to you. Yes. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Well, then you understand the experience. I do. Yes. And it helps when, like, you can... Mm -hmm. This is one reason why... Honestly, why we want to even do this podcast Mm -hmm. is that, like, Frida is very good at helping me understand myself and, like, translating between the neurotypical way of seeing things, the autistic way of seeing things, Mm -hmm. and kind of being able to see things multiple ways and, like, interpret between them. Yeah, and vice versa, for sure. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. really, really good at that. Because, like, I'm fairly good at it, but Mm -hmm. there is just a whole level of neurotypical thinking that I will literally never be able to understand. Like, my brain can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I honestly just have, I work in the corporate world, I've experienced it enough to where I've learned, I've just learned the patterns, like I know it, and some of it feels more natural to me than other things, but yeah, I'm just in it a lot, and so it's easy for me to see the, see what's going on on a more like objective level. But it is cool to understand, even just from this conversation, mm-hmm. that like, yeah, because I haven't wanted to pressure you, mm-hmm. but... I have wanted to, yeah, I've wanted to start the podcast again. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to do all these things that I know, like, make us happy, we enjoy doing. Yeah. And I do sometimes feel like if you don't want to do them, then you're not happy. I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's your fault. Yeah. And then Which Frida will be like, well, you're not responsible for my feelings. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. I heard you, but also I think I am. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is funny because I really don't think that I'm a people pleaser because I know a lot of people pleasing is about like not wanting to, people to be mad at you. Which I'm actually okay with people being mad at me. Yeah. But I do just like have a deep desire for everyone to be happy all the time. Yeah. And it's a different kind of people pleasing. Yeah, like I really just want everyone to have a have a good time and be yeah. happy. And it's your personal. And if there's something I can do, then I should do it. Yeah. And no, you do take on like personal responsibility of making sure everyone's having fun at all times. Yeah. Which is too much. Like it is. Mm. You're correct. And it is true. My whole life, I was like born with the idea that I'm responsible for the entire world and maybe the entire universe. Mm. And I don't really know where that came from. And mm. I think, okay, yes, some of that is unhealthy. But, you know, maybe some of it is healthy. Because if none of us feel responsible for other people, then we will all be too sure, self-centered. Yeah. And that's bad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, like, yes, you are true. You are mm-hmm. correct. I'm not responsible for your feelings. Mm-hmm. But I very deeply want you to be happy. Yes. Which and I appreciate. I enjoy mm-hmm. being part of, like, making your life better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is good for me to understand that, like, just because you don't want to do something right now doesn't mean that, like, you're never going to want to do that ever again. Or you're never going to enjoy that or yeah, whatever. Or even that, like, you don't need that right now. That is not what you need yeah. right now. Yeah. When you need chill time and watching tv and being in your room like that is what you need yeah and And i have gotten a lot better at knowing 
what I need and recognizing it and like actually doing it because I didn't used to I used to just push through and be like all right I'm gonna do it anyway because I'm a people pleaser and I that would make that person happy but at this point in my life I'm comfortable enough with you um to be able to say like hey this is not what I need right now and know that like you will not hate me for it you know (laughs) yeah not at all and that's a big for me that's a big thing because I don't feel that comfortable with a lot of people well, and I think it is true that a lot of people really do actually just want you to do what they want. Yeah. And I really don't want you to just do what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, it would make me feel terrible mm-hmm. if I found out you were doing what I wanted to make me happy when you actually didn't want it and you were just pretending. Yeah. And I was just like, do-do-do, going along my life thinking that you're happy. Yeah. Um, that would feel terrible. Yeah. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. So I love that you are communicative about mm-hmm. it. But yes, I also do love that now we're at a point where maybe you are ready to sort of do some of the things that um, have traditionally made you feel joy and excitement. Mm-hmm. And Which is being creative, really, and, and yeah. being excited about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, definitely. But yeah, I'm definitely curious to hear, like, other people's experience with change. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, personally, I mean, I don't know if there's... I don't know that everything needs a lesson to take from it, but if there is one, is that there's such value in these conversations about the things that maybe we don't even know we're experiencing differently, Mm -hmm. but we do. Mm -hmm. And to really take our own, like, feelings out of it, you know, that not everything is a reflection of what we're doing. Yeah. But just to understand how the other person feels and why... Mm-hmm. they are saying what they're saying and doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. and how we can really best support each other. Yeah. But for one, I am excited to be back to podcasting. Me too. This was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, thank you to everybody who came back and listened. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Me scoozy for, you know, the six months absence. But yes. But I more... hope we explained why. Yeah. Hopefully it made sense and we will definitely – be more consistent in the future and plans to create i mean i don't plan to like get deathly ill for months and move to a whole nother city again anytime soon good i'm glad maybe ever you know i mean i can't really i'm not promise the acting is i didn't really plan it the first time but (laughs) sure fair but yeah we're really excited to be back and we hope you enjoyed this episode um you can follow us on social media at erica heidewald and at hey it's frida hey with a j because i'm swedish (laughs) Um, And we'll see you next time. Which will be sooner than six months from now. Definitely. Way sooner. (laughs) So soon it'll just blow your mind. You won't even be ready. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.